Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, I think that if you give your children time really time and that's rare in our days and you give them humor and laughter you are on a good way if you can laugh at things that can seem um, difficult for them and to do that you have to uh, put your phone down your uh, ipads down you have to be present with the children that's the most precious thing you can give them Welcome to the Humorology Podcast with me, Paul Barros, and my glittering lineup of guests from the worlds of business, sport, and entertainment, who are here to share their wisdom and their use of humour with you. Humorology is the study of how humour can dramatically improve your business success and your life. Humorology puts the fun into business fundamentals, increases the value of your laughing stock, and puts a punchline back into your bottom line. Please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. My guest on this edition of the Humorology podcast is an award-winning international television presenter and singer with endless talents. Her album, Sweethearts, went gold in only four days. When she's not producing gold, she can be found as the host of Norwegian TV's long-running Jakten Pa Kjærligten and many other primetime hit shows, which I won't even attempt to say in Norwegian. Her talents continued to add up when she won the first season of the popular Norwegian dance competition Skalvi Dance which is Norway's version of Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars if you're an American. For the last 10 years, she has been the sparkling on-screen presenter of the show. When it comes to understanding the key components to on-screen connection, communication and charisma, this woman is in a class of her own. Katrin Mohot, welcome to the Humorology Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for beautiful words. Wow. I'm really honored to be your guest, Paul. Oh, you are so kind. But firstly, let me apologize for my terrible Norwegian pronunciation. It was it was me trying my best. But even however many times I've been to Norway, I can't quite get it right. Secondly, I'd like to take you back to when you were young, the early years when you were growing up. What kind of family did you grow up in? And was humour important to your family? 
Well, I grew up with uh, a very light-lived family. Do you say light-lived in England? We are saying yeah. that way. As you live your life light. So uh, I had especially a mother that uh, taught me to be very apparent in the situations. And I was always um, uh, looked very good after. So I felt uh, filled up with love and compassion. And... Every time something went wrong or you got into trouble, uh, my parents, and especially my mother, she was very light. So it was, well, we don't care about that. Don't think about it. Let's go on with it. So uh, I think I have a childhood that was very secure and it gave me a very good um, ground to, to grow because it felt secure. And I always were encouraged not to see the problems but to see solutions and to be positive. That is, uh, that's what a background, and that's a perfect way to grow up. And the Humorology Project is all around that lightness of touch, because even though it's humour, there is a lightness in the humour. There is a, a, a feeling about it, which you describe so beautifully. Um, this lightness, was it um, something that pervaded everything about your life was it at school as well yes i think so and and i i think that i call my mother a life artist because she had this view on life and she can she can watch a tree uh, where we can pass it uh, many times a day and she can suddenly say oh look at that tree isn't it beautiful and and when you you then stop and you look at that tree uh, you see that yes it got something to it and she do that with people. And, and to, to have this uh, from I was a little, it had given me a very uh, bright uh, view of life. And I think she got that from her father, my grandfather, because uh, I was very attached to him. He died when uh, I was nine years old and he was uh, a fairy tale uh, grandfather, uh, a one that you read about in stories because he had this warm lap a warm smile he was a parent he um, he taught me things he took me into the forest and he had this light view on life and he um he had a saying that we are using in our family uh, my mother has used it i use it and uh, and I, I i i say to my children and that is well but no one died <laughs> <laughs> you know so if if every, everything can happen around us, it can be tragedy, it can be troubles, it can be a, a, everything that is bad, but okay, we have each other, no one died, we can solve this. I think that's um, a headline for my childhood, I think, that we are fixing things. And I think that is a really great gift for parents to give their children. You're, what you're talking about, I think, is perspective, being present in the moment and attitude. Well, one of the things that the Americans have a saying, which is that your attitude dictates your altitude, i.e. how high you will go. And with a good attitude. Mm -hmm. And you are one of the most optimistic people I have ever met which is one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because your optimism pervades 
everything around you. And what you do, I think, is a, a huge life lesson to people that when you have this optimism and this positive attitude, everybody else gets happier. And it's really interesting to hear that that was passed down from your grandfather to your mother to you and now to your children and hopefully now to all the listeners on the humorology podcast because oh. that that attitude is beautiful that attitude kept you going at school as well were you um theatrical at school was there a natural sort of i need to perform um no i don't think uh, i had that natural need to perform but but I was singing and I was doing theater from I was um, 14 but I, I was I think I was a little bit nerdy and and I and I uh, I have never been uh, occupied with what what other people thinks about me so uh, I did not uh, I, I did my I, I went to the addict and I um, I used my mother's old clothes so I think per perhaps I was a little bit strange more than uh, more than theatrical, <laughs> but but I didn't I didn't care because that was me and and I had a security in that that uh, yeah uh, it was not it was not important to me to follow the the stream and the um, uh, and the fashion and things like that and and I think that uh, a very important thing for me as a mother of three children uh, I think that one of the most important thing for us is to be good role models because the children are copying us. And as a parent, it, your highest wish is, is that your, uh, are that your children uh, will get happy people. And yes. that's, that's difficult. How do you do that? But I think it's, it may be easier than we uh, are afraid of because uh, I think that if you give your children time, really time and that's rare in our days and you give them humor and laughter you are on a good way if you can laugh at things that can seem um, difficult for them uh, and and say to them that well we don't care about that we laugh about that and tomorrow there's a new day and we we, we try it again tomorrow uh, and i think that if you do that um in addition to time uh, then we have come a long way. And to do that, you have to uh, put your phone down, your uh, iPads down. You have to be present with your children. That's the most precious thing you can give them. I, I think that's very true. And, and giving your children time and the ability. Well, we recently had um, uh, Dominic Holland, who's a well-known uh, comedian in the UK, on and his son, he's written a book called Eclipsed because his son um, became a big theatre star and then a film star and now is one of the biggest film stars in the world. He is Spider-Man, you oh. know, Tom Holland. Yeah. And we were talking about what you just talked about, uh, which is the two things you want uh, for your children is to be safe and to be happy. That good humour... Well, I, and I'll ask you, do you think good humor helps with resilience? The being able to actually be resilient when something hits you, you can bounce back. Absolutely. I think that uh, you get stronger 
by uh, by using humor and to have this um, I will say light uh, attitude to life and I think also that laughter and humor and to have fun will have the highest level of energy so uh, if your feelings were a book and you could uh, pick out what kind of feelings you would have i think laughter and 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 fun will be at the highest level because the energy in a room when you're laughing and and having a good time uh, i think that can heal you and it makes you stronger and it makes you feel good and uh, yeah really i think that it can help so much uh, to to work on it and I think that um, you may say that okay is are you born with that uh, but I think no I think we have to work on that we have to chase the happy moments uh, in the way we're working on our daily exercise we, we say to ourselves today I have to take the stairs not the elevator and I don't need to eat that chocolate today I must eat greener I have to have the fruits today and in the same way, I think that we have to work with today, I'm going to chase the happiness, the laughter. And I remember when I was um, 14, 15, we had a theater teacher uh, in school that, that had learned something. He said, uh, it's science saying, if you are standing up in the morning, looking at yourself in the mirror and smile to yourself and say, hi, Catherine, this will be a great day. Then the day will be better. And I think that it's the same thing by chasing the good times and chasing the humor. Because if I get up in the morning and I think today, I'm working on laughing a little bit more than I did yesterday. And I'm going to find the fun situations. I'm going to choose the fun situations. And then I think my brain will, when I go out on the street to work, my brain will uh, automatically uh, look for the fun situations. I, I Well, that is fascinating. And from a psychological standpoint, that really is interesting because we ha all have a part of our brain called the reticular activating system, which is when we look for something, like if you're looking for a, a certain car or a certain bag or whatever, you get it in your mind and you will see that car or that bag everywhere you go. And you have just described the perfect way to do the reticular activating system for laughter, yeah. for happiness. <laughs> yeah. where, are the, where are the fun people in the room? Yeah. If you walk into a room and you go, I bet everybody in here is miserable and horrible. You will find the miserable, horrible people. If you walk in going, where are the fun people? You'll start to spot for people who are smiling, people who are laughing. And, and your other point was really good. Your uh, drama teacher was very right because if, if you chase the laughter, you can actually change your own brain chemistry by wow. just putting a smile on your face. It changes your brain chemistry. So that's perfect. Wow, this is this is a no, this is a masterclass in, <laughs> in parenting and happiness. Fantastic! No, I'm, re I'm really excited. Oh, but, you. but you see, there, there's I I don't know if you know about this thing. 
but there's a saying in psychology, and I'm sure you do this instinctively, that if you want anyone to go into any state, you have to go into that state first. Hmm. So if you want people to be happy, guess what? You have to start by being happy. And I think that is your key to success. You start with yourself, don't you? Mm, yes. And, and I think you're right that it's for me, it's um, it's instinct because I've been taught to, to think that way. But as I said, I also think we can we can change ourselves to, to to exercise on it in the same way, as you said, by exercising the physical body, you can you can work on it. And and I think you are you have uh, gone a long way just thinking it uh, as a parent that you think that today I want to make my children smile and to laugh and, and and be aware of what and how you're talking to them how you meet them because there's so many children today um struggling with shame it, it, it's, yeah. it's much about talking about shame uh and and i think that we have a huge uh, task for parents that we we, we we don't want children feeling shame we want them secure and happy and uh, yeah I think uh, I think it's we have to start with ourselves. And it's interesting you use the word um, the shame because I was just uh, reading a book um, by Baroness Helena Kennedy called um, "Eve Was Shamed," and it seems to be the word now. And I think that in order to be shamed, you have to allow shame to come to you to an extent, because. What happens is everybody will try and do this. I will give you an example. I'm half Hungarian. My father was Hungarian. And my middle name is Zoltan, Z-O-L-T-A-N. And in the UK, when I was growing up, there were no names like Zoltan. You know, it was sort of thing. And I remember the first time at school that somebody went, ha, ha. Sultan and everything, and they wanted me to be shamed. But instead of that, I naturally, I was a small child, I went, yes, it's good, isn't it? Wow. And then that leaves people nowhere to go. Yeah, but are you raised a little bit in the same way? I was raised I, to, to turn that into, when they said that, you, 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 instinctly as a little primary school boy you, you turned it and said yes isn't that nice and then the situation died instead of feeling shame as you said going home and said oh they called me that and they, that was negative so are you are you raised in the same way well to i th i think so my father was a hungarian refugee so he'd uh yes actually he had a saying uh this is a man who at 17 years old was in the second world war he didn't want to be and in 18 he went in with the russians to um berlin wow. then he was put in a camp then he had to go back to hungary and study again then the hungarian uprising happened and he had to escape again and he was put in a refugee camp this is a man who used to say i am lucky yeah. and luck is an attitude. Luck is not what you could choose. And this is what you were saying. You could choose to go, I've had a terrible life because of this and this. And then I was in this camp and then I was in this war and I was in it. But he chose to go, I'm lucky. Yeah. 
that, that that's really a, a, a crucial thing that that you how you look at your life and that you can say that I am lucky and and when people say wow you've been lucky uh, then you can also say that well um, perhaps I'm not lucky but I'm not standing in my own way you know yes I, I let the I let the good things happen to me I'm not standing in my own way to to block the good things uh, we have to take the gifts that come to our life and we have to um, we have to live much more slow so we uh, get the time to see those gifts coming to us to, to, because we today we are living so fast and we don't have time to to stop and to uh, see what's coming our way and i always say to my children um choose what makes you happy not what may uh, what seems sensible choose the happy don't don't go for the job that you make much the, the most money go for the job that you are feeling happy every day all the hours you are on work um because if you do that even though if you earn less money i think that your day will be so much better and you will have a better life even though you're not uh, have all this money well there's a saying which i i don't know if you have it in norway as well but it, they're saying if you do something you love you'll never work another day in your life i totally agree mm, that's so and true it, it's about the attitude of, of 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 what you do i'm interested when you said slow down because it's kind of like slow down and smell the coffee or smell the roses it's it's about, isn't it noticing all the things that we are lucky to have rather than noticing all the things that aren't there? I haven't got a Lamborghini. My life is terrible. There is no Lamborghini parked outside my house. <laughs> Who do I see? Why did I have such a terrible life? God! Why did you put me here without a Lamborghini? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but exactly. It, it's it's and and I think um, because I feel it's interesting uh, in my life because I was a mother uh, before social medias because my children are twenty two and twenty six and I'm a mother now for Sophia eight years old uh, and there is uh, there are social medias. And, yep. and that's and that's a huge difference to grow up as a child with social social medias. And the, the 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 saddest things I see is mothers having their baby in trolleys, and the baby are lying in the trolley and trying to catch their mother's eyes, and the mother are going on the, the phone. She's looking at the phone while she's uh, having a walk with her baby, and I think we. Uh, and I think the mother is uh, missing something, and of course the child. And therefore, I think I'm I'm turning 49 this year, and I love to live the life, and I don't want want it to go too fast. And therefore, I think we have to live slower, to have more fun, to laugh more, and as you said, to smell the coffee and to watch people in the eye, to watch your children in the eye, to look at your husband in the eye, to see your friends, because we can eat dinner with friends and people are, are on their phones. 
and it's saying pling and plong and oxytocin or dopamines and everyone oh that's that's more important what's happened on the phone than the real conversation and and what? i think that's yeah it's we have to do it we have to do it or else we will ruin a whole generation i think I, I I couldn't agree more. It's and it's going back to your point about being present. What drives me crazy, and you've just done the thing with, is people who take their children out to dinner and give them an iPad. Mm. I mean, to me, that's like, well, why have you taken them? Mm. <laughs> you know, they're not interacting. That is where happiness comes from. Is the interaction. And I do think it's it's a dying art. Now, when you actually are all present, when you go out for, for lunch with somebody, one of, one of my biggest pleasures, actually, here's a, a perfect example with, uh, with Trond, um, who, uh, who you know very well, who the, probably the biggest producer in um, uh, Norway. Uh, we, we went out in Cannes, in south of France with my son, and uh, he was there none of us were looking at phones and he's a busy man as you know constantly doing deals um the interesting thing about trond is we were sat there and we were talking about you and people Me? we love yes <laughs> and here's his quote now for our listeners who don't know uh con uh, i trond kverstrom yeah um he is, he's a big international um, TV producer now doing movies as well. He said to me, the greatest thing about Catherine is that she's always so sweet and in a good mood. And that's uh, actually for our listeners, how important do you think that is when you're at work um, to be the person who who shifts the mood of the of the people? Well, I, I get very touched when you say that because I don't think I I'm, I don't think I'm so aware of doing it. So I I, I get very touched when when you and Trump say that because uh, thank you uh, that feels important and and I have to say that I'm very lucky because I have been the host for very positive shows. My main task making these shows I'm I'm making is to make the audience happy you know so 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 i feel it easy to be in a good mood when i'm on work because we are doing some fun things today we are have this dancer since strictly come dancing and it's movie night you know and we we're working on what kind of movies should we should we let them uh, dance to uh, what kind of songs so so i've been so blessed with my work so that my work is so positive and good so so i feel it's it's difficult to be in good mood when i'm on work <laughs> if you understand well no but i i think it's really interesting because i mean a lot of people who obviously people not everybody's in show business but i think there's a lot of tips and techniques and tricks that people can use so many people now have to use zoom to communicate for work and everything. And you are an expert at communicating through a camera. What tips can you give for people when they are working on Zoom? Because I see nightmares of people on Zoom who don't even understand that, you know, they think they can sit there like this and yeah. just, you know, 
Peter, what as an expert on doing that, what tips would you give to people when you are having to work with a camera? Well, I think that the, the really the most important thing for uh, anyone working on a camera or in any jobs, I think, is to say yes only to things that you're passionate about. And, and I think I've done that. I've said, you wouldn't imagine how much I've said no to doing because um, the things I'm, I'm hosting, I really burn for them. In my shows, I love them. And I have a very compassionate feeling for my work. And then I think it, it comes uh, easy because you love what you do. And, and therefore, I think you have to, as a, in all works and on Zoom and everything, it's, it's not a problem to be engaged in something when you love it. Uh, so, so I think that's that's the reason. I think so. When when if you sit like this on Zoom, I think you're in a, in a dull meeting. Because if I sit like that, I'm in a conversation with Paul Bros, and it's a, a a theme that I really love to talk about. And I think it's very important. And then I get engaged, and then I get happy. You know. So well, yeah, it is about. But how do people? I mean, from a psychological perspective, a lot of people hate being on camera. Yeah. My mother just does this whenever she's on camera, yeah. even on a, when you take a picture of her, she goes like this. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I think she thinks they're going to steal her soul. Um, no. but, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, is there, are there actual techniques? Okay, first is imagine you're happy, imagine you're happy, let your face uh, do that. But is there an actual technique of actually thinking? Because I would say, when I'm doing it, I always presume that anyone I'm talking to is lovely. Yeah. Because if I'm thinking that Katrine, she's horrible, it's going to show on my face. Yeah. That's you, you know, so what do you do? What are you imagining in your head? I, I'm very much in the moment presenting. Uh, I, I, I feel that I'm really um authentic to what i'm saying so so what i'm presenting i really mean it and i i really think about what i'm going to say and how i want to present that and and for me in my job that is easy uh, because uh this dancer you're going to see now we have seen him on stage on movie screens but now he's trying to do a cha-cha and, and I'm as excited as the viewers and as, as excited as he is because now he's going to dance a cha-cha. So, so for me, it's, it's about being authentic and not do things that you, you feel is wrong for you. But, but also, I think that you are finding the good authenticity in everything. Yeah. You're looking for the positive side of everything because that's the difference is you could be looking for the negative side yeah. and going... Uh, well, I don't really like this person. You're going, you're going I, I'm looking for the positive in this person on Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars or whatever. I'm looking for the positive. And so if I'm excited about those little things, it will come across. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's, you know, make sure that you are in the right state when mm. you're on a Zoom. Mm. And you're Absolutely. looking for the good things about the other person or the other people on there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think that taking yourself too seriously then you you won't have a nice and uh, you won't have a funny life and, and i think um i i am a little bit shameless i'm not afraid of of doing mistakes and and i'm i'm very playful i like to throw myself into things uh, and and i think that that is very i think that's a good tips if i can say so because uh, as you said your mother she will get a little bit like this because she feel that perhaps that um oh i want the picture to be so nice and and then your occupation will be oh how, how do i look now but i think that if you just think that well it doesn't matter and i don't care it's okay i just jump into it then it's much more fun as well it's really interesting because uh, you, you and I have worked together and you know uh, I, I am a huge fan of what, uh, what you do. But that... Likewise. Natural, oh, well, bless you. <laughs> that, that natural ability to be playful, to be present, um, is, I think that's, you know, the most beautiful thing. But what you just said was really important to me is it's kind of what I say to people is look forward to things going wrong mm -hmm. because if when something goes wrong if you become the person who gets very tense mm -hmm. the audience will get very tense Absolutely. but if if you goes wrong and you go i did it wrong mm -hmm. who cares mm -hmm. then the audience relax 
works and whether that's an audience of one. And by the way, all the things we're talking about are important at work, but they're important for everybody if they're trying to find a soulmate. Yes. You know, what do you want out of any interaction in your life? You want to make a connection. And I say the easiest way to make a connection is to laugh with somebody. Absolutely. I totally agree. And, and therefore, I, I say this with chasing the good moments because life is so short and, and there's so much bad things and dark days in our lives. So when we have a good time, then we have to appreciate it and embrace it. And I think laugh while you can. If the life is approximately good, then laugh and chase for the good times and, and, the, and the people that give you this good feeling. Because we have all friends or colleagues that when we have been together with them, we perhaps feel a little bit down or, and you, you, you perhaps don't, don't know why. You just feel, why do I feel like this today? And try to be with the people that makes you feel, oh, I've been with him today and I feel lifted. I think, I think to be conscious of these things, uh, it's really improving your life. And it's very exciting when you start to dig into it. And you, you get conscious of it. And no, today I want to, to call him because he gives me this good feeling. So what makes you laugh, Katrin? Well, I laugh at everyday comic situations that uh, comes from the everyday life. And my husband, he says to me, uh, he calls me just circus mohalt because uh, there's always, because perhaps because I'm a little bit uh, playful and a little bit shameless. So uh, there's things happening around me all the time and things like that, I laugh a lot of. I can give you one example. It's three weeks ago. My Sophia, she was at this um, dancing show because she's participating dancing uh, in her uh, free time. So, so, so she was on a dancing show with her friend Ida. And uh, since I am known in Norway, when I'm with my children on things, uh, I try to be as anonymous that I can. So I go to my place and I sit on my chair and I am a, a very good parent watching this dancing show. And first part is going so well. It's a break in the show. And uh, part two is going to start. The host, she's on stage and say, okay, every children can come up on stage and part two starts now. And then I look around and I can't see uh, Sophia and Ida. <laughs> and I, I have a lot of thoughts in my head. What has happened? What, what have happened to them? Uh, and then I get up. And I go out of the room into the hallway and start to look for them. And then I hear her voice, mommy, mommy, we're, we, we, we locked ourselves into the bathroom. And I walk onto the door and it was not this bathroom uh, door where you can have a space under and, and over. It was just a regular door. Oh, and so they had locked themselves in. So I couldn't help them. Oh. And, then, and then I get so and they're eight years old and I think oh. now they will be so scared uh, they are locked up in here so I instinctively I run back into the where the show is where still the host is on stage presenting what's going to happen and I I'm 
shouting out in the room with my finger up. My husband said, you had your finger up like you're interrupting in school. Excuse me, but there are two girls locked up in the bathroom. Can someone help me? <laughs> so much for being anonymous. And it was just quiet in the whole room. And two fathers are getting up, running out with me. <laughs> oh, they start to bang on the door and they hold it in so that when they try to lock it up, the, the door will open. So they, they got out. And then <laughs> the, 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 the host, she hears that, okay, now, now the girls are coming. So she said, okay, well, then we can start the show because no, uh, the girls has come out of the bathroom. And then my Sophia, she shouts into the room, well, we're just going to wash our hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh no no that's beautiful what a be i mean man, beautiful description and everything and of that the perfect payoff but then he goes no not yet we've got to wash our hands <laughs> and, and i asked her afterward were you afraid sitting there and not come out and she said yes ida was very scared she she almost started to cry but i said to her Ida, don't be afraid. I know my mommy will rescue us. So. Oh. And our job as parents is to give them the right attitude, give them the tools, and then make them feel that they are, are secure, and then to let them go. Yeah. That's, you know, and if, if they have the right attitude and the right sense of fun, the sense of playfulness, sense of humour about life, then they can go out and do anything in life. Mm. That, that's, that's a wonderful story. I'm going to ask you an interesting question now, because is everyone funny? Well, I think that everyone is uh, funny. I, I absolutely believe that. And I think it's about how much you dare to, to get loose. And of course, the training. And I also think that someone are uh, more... Um, talented in comedy than others but i think uh, about something and that I, I feel that we are uh, divided in two i think that it's the comedians the funny one and uh, it's the one who laughs so i think that and and I, I i feel that in in those two i'm the one who laughs and 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 both groups are as much important so uh, because right. as a host I work with a lot of comedians. I, I'm so lucky. And my co-host on Strictly Come Dancing, Dancing with the Stars, he is a comedian. And to, to, to spend my days with him, that's a gift. Because he is, he is naturally funny. He, he's funny in private life. He's just not funny. He's not only funny with the script. He's, he's funny all the time. And then he is funny and I'm laughing. And, and he feels good because I'm laughing and I'm feeling good because he's funny. So I think that's an interesting thing for this Humorology podcast as well, that we are two kind of people, the funny one and the one who laughs. And I think they, they blend together. It's a perfect match. Oh, and one is as important as the other. It's, it's one of the things about the whole Humorology project is about... You don't have to be the person making the jokes. If you are a really good listener and laugher, you will be welcome in every company. That's what uh, people want, yeah. is somebody who, who 
understands. And sometimes people say to me, well, you know, I have to learn to be funnier. No. One of the simplest things is learn to be a good audience. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that without understanding humour, um, do you think you can be a good communicator unless you understand how it works, uh, how that playfulness works? Uh, I think it's essential to, to be there, but I wonder how you feel about it. Of course, you have to uh, you have to have the ability to listen and to understand the humor. And and again, if you if you don't take yourself too seriously, then you uh, you can laugh so much more. You can laugh at yourself and all situations that's happening. And and that's a, that's a very good feeling. How important do you think it is to be able to laugh at yourself? It's crucial. Yes, of course. You will, will get so much more fun in life if you can laugh at yourself. Well, we're all ridiculous is where I start from. And, <laughs> and if you can realise that you're ridiculous, nothing can harm you. Yeah. Because you go, yeah, OK, yeah. I am that ridiculous. Yeah. So now what can you do? And it goes back to somebody calling me Zoltan yeah. and me going, yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? And then they go, well, hold on, you're meant to be upset. No. No, I'm ridiculous. Yeah. We're all ridiculous. Yeah. So get over it. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you and I speak for a living and the number one fear in the world is public speaking. Mm. You know that on the list of the number one, of the, and number six is death. Yes. So, so people are more frightened of dying, of speaking than they are of dying. Yeah. What is your tip or your attitude or the way you deal with it? Because millions of people are watching you on television or if you work live. Mm. How do you remain calm and in control? So something that our listeners can take away. Mm. Uh, I think it's all about being properly prepared for what you're doing and 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 not think about oh my god now a million people are watching me and now we're going live if, if you're starting to have these bad voices in your head uh, then you're then you're lost but you have to focus on okay now i'm going in and i'm going going to do this and this and this and the better i am prepared um the more i'm prepared for the unprepared so and 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 I have have done strictly condensing for ten years and live um, it's it's live every Saturday night all uh, autumn uh, I'm going to examine I feel uh, and and on on the two hours live television and of course a lot of thing has happened but as long as I know where to go uh, sometimes the music didn't play. Uh, so I had just had, and then I just had to think fast and I had to go up and interview the couple who st stood there on live television and there was no music <laughs> and they should, uh, should dance. And, and, and because I was so good prepared, so I knew what to say before and after, I could just go up and do that interview. And, and I think that that's for everything. And I understand also, I have to say that, why it's on the top of the list. Uh, the fear of speaking in public because I am uh, scared to death every time I'm going out there. So, so I have to really every time work on my nerves. 
I, I really am, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, nauseous. I'm, uh, I have to breathe. And, and I, I, every Saturday throughout the, um, the season of Strictly Come Dancing, I ask myself every Saturday, why do I do this? Why do I do this every week? Why do I want myself this bad? But then I go in on, in front of the camera and for me, then the nerves are disappearing because then I've focused on what I'm going to do. I, I have some brilliant points in there and some brilliant advice and everything. The, the, the first thing that will probably make every listener really happy is somebody who has presented Strictly Come Dancing or Dancing with the Stars every uh, autumn for six, uh, for 10 years is still nervous. Every time. But every time. I, 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 I love that because I always say to audiences, I said there are two types of people in the world. There are those who get nervous and there are liars. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, both of us work with some of the biggest stars in the world. It's the same for everyone. Absolutely. All we get good at is flicking the switch over how do you flick the switch when well, you just explained it beautifully how you flick your switch it's how you talk to yourself what you say to yourself because people who are good at this don't say i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it they say i've done it loads before and then you do something which is you just accept it and then put your attention on the camera or on the audience because that takes you out of your head. What, what makes people fall over is when they get inside their own heads. Yeah. And start and to focus on, oh my God, I don't remember what I'm going to say. And now everyone is watching me. And I think they don't think I'm beautiful in this dress and they think I'm, <laughs> I'm stupid. Now I talk too fast. And, and sometimes you also uh, say something wrong and you have to, um, you have to correct yourself and, and, that could be painful as well, but we are people. We are not robots. So I think our audience likes that. By the way, it goes back to that. If you don't go tense and go, I made a mistake. Yeah. Oh. They won't go into the state. And funny enough, I think that people don't listen as closely as you think they're going to listen. So you can say something like, um, I have no idea what I'm going to say next. Yeah. But as soon as I do have an idea, <laughs> I'm going to be telling you and everybody will just relax and go, okay, she has no idea. Say it with confidence and with a smile. Actually, if there's anything that I think really defines what you do is your smile. Because when you smile, it, it changes your own neurochemicals in your brain, yeah. but it also, it, everybody assumes that you are in control and yeah. relaxed. Yeah. And so there's a good tip for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, when you're nervous, learn how to smile. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. If I asked you to write a business case for humor, what would you include in that business case? I.e., if people were saying, "Well, why should we get humor into our company? Where's the what good will it do us? What do you, what do you think it does?" 
uh, I think that um, to, to, to chasing the fun situations, as I, as I said before, it's very important. And um, I think that we can laugh at uh, the thing called laughter yoga. You know, laughter yoga, you can yes. go to laughter yoga. And, and it happens something in your body physically when you just, even though you're not happy, you can <laughs> start to laugh and then something will happen. And I also think that team building, to, to be a team, to be safe with each other. So if I should, should write a, a case for that, I, I would have invited my team home with me and perhaps we should play uh, old games like hide and seek together, kick the tan, not the can, you know, kick the can when you're, uh, yeah. yeah, the old, old, and and then there will be much laughter and we'll be a very um, good group. And I think we will have much more fun on our work if we are closer together and if we laugh together. Do you think it also has an effect on uh, mental health? That, that companies who are laughing together, there is some statistics that there's much less absenteeism, people stay in the job longer. Uh, so the mental health of a team that laughs together surely is improved. Absolutely. Being in that good state, I think, is really important. I'm also interested, when you've been talking about this, I think... But having worked with you and having seen you on all these primetime television shows, what you're really good at is, funny enough, everybody talks about you being the best presenter, but I think you are the best listener. Well, that's a compliment, really. Because I think that's really important. I think that in order to actually have that um, ability to uh, present... You have to be gauging, and I mean listening with people's faces, with people's reactions, with people's body language, as well as the words. How important do you think listening is? Oh, it's the most important thing, and I get really uh, moved when you say that, because I think that that's really uh, what I'm, I feel that it's the most important thing as a host and also as a, as a human being to listen to, to be there and listen, uh, yeah, to, to, to get the situation right. And, and you can't get the situation right if you don't listen. And that's also knowing your audience. Who are you talking to? Is it your children? Uh, is it uh, a big audience? Is it uh, Dancing with the Stars audience? Is it uh, a little concert audience? Who are you talking to? Uh, it's very important. I always say it's gauging. It's it's actually a feedback loop mm -hmm. of how you're doing. And anybody who is good at this, you know, does this work? When you're in a one-to-one -one conversation, for people who go to an interview, you should be looking at the people. The amount of time I see people looking around or looking at their phone or laptop when they need to engage with the person in front of them. That's where your information comes from. Mm -hmm. We all know people that don't listen in life. You, you know, if you're, if you're having a conversation one-to-one -one as well, and, you, and you, you're talking about something that's important to you and you see that you are lost, the other person is, 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 is in his own head. He, he, don't, he, he doesn't listen to what you're saying. And you feel pretty bad. You've been telling something. 
perhaps it, it's not an important thing, but you, you told him something and he did not listen. And, and I think that's, that feels bad. That gives you a bad feeling. I think you're right. And I think it goes back to what your grandfather and your mother taught you about being present. Because mm. when you're present, you can really listen in, in, a, in, in the right way. Mm. I think that's wonderful. Katrine, we've reached the point in the show which we like to call quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. Who is the funniest business person? This is not a comedian in show business. This is somebody outside. Um, it can be in the business of show business because we know producers and everything. But who's the funniest business person that you've met? Hmm. I think I have to say my co-host in uh, Dancing with the Stars. His name is Anders Hoff. He is a comedian, but he is also a businessman. He is um, doing, uh, um, he has been, his, um, he's an economic uh, education. To work so close together with someone that's funny, uh, I think that's impressive. What book makes you laugh? You know, I, uh, I'm not reading that much comedy books because I'm really a sucker for crime books, crime books, thrillers. Ah. I, I really love to get sweaty in my palms and get a little goosebumps on my uh, on my back and to take the curtains away because I'm afraid of someone looking inside. I, I, I really uh, enjoy to be a little bit frightened reading. And then I have to say, uh, do you know our Norwegian author called Jo Nesbø? Jo Nesbø. I, I don't know. He sells uh, all over the world. Oh, and hold on. Yeah, yes. I'm saying it differently in my head. I can see it written down. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he really. And he is ridiculously good to write. And when something is really good, I sometimes laugh because it's incredible, you know. And his main character in the books, he gets in situation situations that's really impossible to get out of. But he finds so smart ways of getting his character out of the situations. So I just have to stop read and laugh, you know, like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Did that really happen? Wow. That, that, and that makes me laugh when it's so good that I'm, <laughs> because I really enjoy people that write so good. Then when you open the book, the movie starts. You don't oh, see yeah. the letters because you are turning the pages and the movie is going on between those uh, book, book uh, perms. It's, I love that because it's the laughter of joy, yeah. isn't it? Yes, yeah. and, like, fascinate, and fascinating. What film makes you laugh? I like to watch uh, romantic comedies. So, uh, for instance, uh, The Holiday, yep. uh, the Christmas movie. I really like that one. And uh, also the series Sex Education. With the, have you seen that with Jill Anderson and a lot of young, really, really good actors, and they have a, a tremendous timing, and the script is so good, and and it's really funny. And um, I have to say that to watch uh, a comedy or a humorous uh, series before you go to bed, it's really a such a good feeling if I've been laughing for an hour watching this movie and you go to bed and you go to sleep I think you sleep better because you have this really you have been laughing for a while before you go to bed and that is a very good feeling 
So you've created oxytocin. By the way, there's a good tip for everyone. Um, laugh before you go to bed. Yeah. What word makes you laugh, Katrin? <laughs> you know, uh, my oldest daughter, when she was three years old, uh, and this will be a little bit uh, hard to explain, because in Norwegian, we have a word for toilet paper that's called <laughs> du ruller. And you know our du ruller. That's, that's how we speak. <laughs> that's toilet paper in Norwegian. And when my daughter was three years old, she said she couldn't say that so she said <laughs> and, I, and i always have to laugh when i hear that word it's <laughs> and she was also very sweet because when she she said when i was two years old i said now i'm three years old so now i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so she, she thought she had done it right done the work so is my uh, favorite word well you'll be surprised to know that nobody else on this series has chosen that word <laughs> i imagine <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, that is beautiful what sound makes you laugh oh every sound that has laughter in it laughter the sound of laughter uh, it's really uh, we have so much fun laughter if you if you start to listen how uh, different people laughs it's a study i mean it's so good and you know the laughter coming from the stomach and just working its way up and out i, I that's the sound of laughter makes me laugh all the time Oh, and brings you joy, obviously. Yeah. I can just see your face light up when you start to talk about it. Would you rather be considered clever or funny? I would rather be considered clever because if I'm clever, I understand that I have to be funny to make a good life for myself and for everyone else around me. No, lovely answer. Lovely answer. And finally, Katrin, Desert island gags. You can only take one joke with you to a desert island. What is that joke? <laughs> I like uh, I, I like humor a little bit on the edge, and I like and I like I always like Monty Python. And you know uh, the gag where this piano man is uh, singing and playing in this nice restaurant. And he's, he's playing, isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Isn't it frightfully good to have a dong? It's swell to have a stiffy. It's divine to own a dick. From the tiniest little dadger to the world's biggest prick. So I think that if I was alone on a desert island, I would sit there and sing about penises and I would be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And I think you've made Eric Idle very happy as well. <laughs> I don't think uh, that was a, a perfect way to end a wonderful interview with an absolutely playful and perfect guest. Katrin Moholt, thank you so much for being a guest on the Humorology podcast. Thank you so much, Paul. I've had a really good time always together with you. The Humorology podcast was hosted by Paul Barros and produced by Simon Banks. Music by Steve Hayworth, creative direction by Les Hughes, and additional research by Helen Sykes. 
please remember to subscribe, like and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Big Sky production.